0: Welcome back to another episode of Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm I'm Joey, and I'm here with Ross. Hi, Joey. Tom and Mike. Hey. Glad to have you here today. So I was uh, thinking about the conversation we had around hiding behavior, and one of the Things that kept coming up in that conversation, that has come up in many of our conversations before, was this idea of trust and how trust is this essential part of a relationship that a child has with another child, with a teacher, with a, with a parent, and that it drives all, um, so many of these behaviors that we that we talk about. and um, And I was thinking about this the skill of learning to trust the skill of being able to trust as a pretty vital skill in life or your for any relationship you're going to have and important socio socio socio-emotional skill that that we want all humans to develop and i was thinking about how in the early years because we've been talking about peekaboo and all those kinds of things how very closely tied building trust is to one's experiences related to their body and so to me it just it it jumped out to me as an example of what we talk about all the time in teaching with the body and mind is that the experiences that a child has within their body are going to ha- have ripple effects to other areas of their life. And so I feel like we talk about it, but I feel like sometimes it gets kind of, it, it can feel a little abstract. And to me, the, the idea of trust seemed like a way to maybe make it kind of more concrete. And I was, and so you guys can agree agree or disagree, but I was um, thinking, especially with very young children, thinking about babies, you learn to trust because you cry Someone comes and feeds you. Someone yep. comes and changes your diaper. Someone gets you, you know, up off your stomach when you're tired and you need to roll right. over or whatever these things might be. But even as you get older, I oh I'm a preschooler and just getting my coat on is just wearing me out. Oh, you're gonna help me. Or or you said you were gonna bring me uh, more crackers. You did, or and you did, you did, you did well, or you didn't. Yeah. Um, just so many ways that we learn to trust yeah. are related to our physical, our physical needs and our physical experience. Mm-hmm. Ob- obviously, around safety, that's number one. That right. you're keeping me safe um, would be the way that we learn to trust the most. Um, so, but I was just thinking about that really close relationship uh, between children's physical needs and somebody being reliable within those things, and, and how that related to trust.
1: Right, and I mean you we're bringing up that past episode about hiding and to me like kids like when they hide from their parents when they get picked up at a classroom they only hide if they trust that the parent actually isn't going to like think oh guess i don't have a kid anymore i guess i'll just but you take you kind of can't
0: play with trust until you know what it is yeah yeah
1: right right i mean because right. we
0: talk about uh when rough and tumble play too just trusting that someone's going to stop when you say stop if is right, right. getting too intense for you and i and,
1: and when you don't know the players, the thing you do is you play chase because the amount of trust is a lot less. You still have to trust that they're not going to
0: knock you over knock or, you, or yeah. stop when you want them to. Yeah, that's a good right. point.
1: But but it's still a lot safer than, yeah, why don't you jump on top of me? Right. Right. And right. the kids
0: who aren't as good at that kind of play often have complicated relationships with the adults in their life where they haven't learned important trust skills and they haven't learned to be responsive to someone's needs in those ways that application said for their for their social
2: i think that's also the part that going from this reflexive to more conscious interaction that we realize that as humans we are social we we do rely on these relationships for early survival and then that now these rather than just, Oh, you're gonna feed me, you're gonna change me, you're gonna make me comfortable warm that you start to have this emotional and social to it where are like, hey, I care about you. I'm having feelings of you know safety and and love and hmm. positivity or maybe not. Maybe it's this uncertainty, instability <clears throat> And I think there's that, you know, that again, as we, as referred to the book and previous episodes, where it's the body. It's the, that's the vehicle for early. So you need to feel and see and need to use those senses to, to make sense of it. It's not just. So trust
1: is going to first come from those physical needs.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and the more the secure that attachment is, is the more I can trust that you're going to be here. And right now, just had this flash of like, well, maybe that's why we need to have paid, you know, uh, apparently for at least a year to really secure those attachments. Right. So maybe we'll have less going on. <laughs> there that's is a, evidence like, of that. That's <laughs> a whole other problem. Yeah, I guess. But, but I feel like if with when we have that lack early on, is that continuing these other issues that mm-hmm. we see that I'm having trouble making? I'm having trouble trusting the teacher. Like, are you going to give me more crackers? Well, that's what I was thinking. like, <laughs> So
1: since we mostly gear this towards teachers, like, right. So what is that implication for a teacher? I mean there are infant teachers who probably listen to the podcast who are dealing with the right. changing the very diapers and, needs, and yeah, yeah the very basic needs. But, um, but what about teachers of toddlers or preschoolers? Mm-hmm. What is their role in building trust? When I trust? have this
0: dialogue in my mind and I don't, it's, full, it's mostly full of questions, but I mean, I feel like there's also this flip side to, because we talk a lot about risk taking and of course, trust has trusting yourself, trusting that that person's going to, wouldn't let you do something that was too dangerous. Those are all important in risk taking.
1: Or they'll, help you if, it, if you they'll yeah. help
0: you if you do get hurt. They'll help you if you do get hurt, but I feel like there's. The, the like little mini argument i'm having with nobody but this imaginary person in my mind is when we want to like push kids to me it's like there's a little my, i'm having a little backlash in my mind to like the grit and resilience right push that we have right now like yeah. that that's the most important thing is that you have to have this you know right. like yep you just brush it off you, and you get up and i'm not i am again this is not a fleshed out idea but, yeah. but i feel like there's a piece of that it's like well so but where's the trust right is part of that? that i think I think
3: one of the things about trust that we get about is there's a continuum of trust. And there's a continuum of children with different personalities <laughs> yes. and different capacities for yeah, it's, trust. It's not, and not one trust, size fits all. Right. Not one size fits all. And so you have to be able to read the child um, and read the child's cue. Well, some kids are a little more needy in terms of of how they're going to develop and trust. Mm-hmm. Others, you know, they just come along and they just, oh, until they they get beaten down right. enough that, that, that they lose trust. But right. some kids, do.
1: But, you know, the other thing, in a classroom situation, I think what happens is the kids, say that the child who isn't going to build trust right away, they will watch and see the teacher and how they help others, you know. And so mm-hmm. they might, like, this child I have to help a lot. This child I just sort of, I can mostly be hands-off. And this child, but... I think that the children you create like a culture in your classroom of trust as well yeah, by yeah. V- meeting each individual need. You're not trying to do the right, same thing right. each I don't think it's I don't think it's the
3: teachers. Job alone to create that because I'm thinking about this one little girl who was coming into my classroom and she was having a really hard time adjusting to the classroom and feeling like this was an okay place. Mm-hmm. And a girl and mm. and took her hand and that was that was all that was needed to. It wasn't just the teacher, mm-hmm. but that there was the opportunity for the yep. kids to help build that oh, yeah. trusting community yeah, too. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. I think that I, I guess I don't want to totally derail the teacher aspect of it, but I think as you said, we have a lot of teachers that listen. But what about parents? then yeah in this role because they're in it i i would have to imagine that they're the biggest trust makers and breakers for the children because we as the teachers have that role but we're not setting it but sometimes we are if you're starting infant care right away but a family
1: yeah but still the family the parents or whoever's right you know the family members that are with that child they're going to be there like we do tend in a center switch classrooms Or even a family care provider that might be with that child for yeah. five years. Still, they're there only part of the time.
0: I think any adult in a caring role for yeah. children has, has is Everyone part of the equation. Everyone has a role. Obviously, yeah. if parents are with kids, what's going to happen? Yep. One, one of the days.
2: Yep. Well, maybe so. And I have to exclude myself because I'm not a parent. But like for those that are in the room, <laughs> he's <laughs> you know, looking at us. I'm so. looking at you too. Um, but you know, could you now, looking back, differentiate? your trust-building with your child or your children versus the children you serve in your classroom. Is it... I definitely see a difference. Okay.
1: I don't know.
3: So I actually... And you got grandchildren, too. Since I have grandchildren, I can really see a difference. Okay. Because... Um, what I see, uh, parents, a lot of grandparents, is always telling the kid what to do, mm-hmm. when to do it, how to do it. Right. And for me, it was really important to step back and just watch and trust the grandkids to right. be able to to work out some of their differences, mm-hmm. uh, to play together. Mm-hmm. Um, we were just playing on a mound of snow, and these kids, were, these my grandkids, were just rolling on top of each other, jumping across the crevasses. It was, it was, it was. Yeah. But that's because I wasn't telling
0: them what to do yeah well now you're making me think there's a point in the in the development of trust where a child does also have to learn to trust them so i mean obviously i first first the adult has to take care of all of my needs right and then at some point you have to learn what you can and can't do for yourself and to and to have that self-trust and so i guess to argue with myself some more that the flip side of that grit thing that i was just talking about is if you're telling a child not to trust themselves then you are Possibly undermining that yeah, sense of Yeah, that's self what I was going to say with
1: grit. Grit isn't just waiting for the child to pick themselves up. It's like, wow, you really jumped far. You were trying to go all the way, and you didn't quite make it. Mm-hmm. And so you just sort of, like, you acknowledge what happened and then say, wow, well, I wonder, you know, maybe next time you'll be able to jump that far or whatever. So it's, mm-hmm. it's that thing of not just expecting a kid to have grit, but you are helping foster it helping them. One phrase that I know often came up with my child was um, sort of saying, what do you think we could do? You know, so I wasn't giving them an answer, but at the same time, I wasn't leaving them on their own. And sometimes it might be this, you know, where my child really didn't know, really didn't have an answer. It's like, oh, well, I wonder if, you know, and I'm Mm -hmm. still kind of giving, phrasing it in this way of, you can still say no, because I don't know what's best for that child to make them feel better, Mm -hmm. no matter who it is. But, even my own child.
0: Right. Like, right. right. Do, so it's like, right. well, I oh, wonder did you if this water, would help. Do you yeah, yeah. need to sit down? What's going to make you feel better? Those yeah. Kinds of, yeah.
1: But really getting them to be a little bit self-reflective. And now that I have a teenager, I really do see that, though. You know, yeah. when they're starting to ask questions about sex and dating and all that, they kind of like, you know, I've been thinking like, I'm not sure, you know, like they come mm-hmm. up to me with a sort of same questions and not right. saying and not Tell asking me, all me the answers. Yeah. Tell me the answers, but tell me, but tell me yeah. you know, because then my answer is usually, wow, what do you think you could do? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they usually come up with the answer. Thanks. The answer that I would give if they really said I don't know, I would give them the answer, but it, usually they have it. Yeah, and and then... it's building that over time. As a teacher, it's sort of like you're nudging the child in that direction, but you never get to follow through with different stages of life. Well, and, that's, and that's the internal self-trust of reflective questions,
2: because as you get to be a teenager, as you go off, you know, as you leave your home, whether that's going to school or moving to wherever, that you now are going to be the decision maker as you move into adulthood. And I think, you know, it probably starts as early as that kind of leaving pre-operation to concrete operations Mm -hmm. where your autonomy is growing, so you have to really start, can I do this? Trying to instill that idea that you're not going to necessarily know all the answers every time, but you can develop a means of maybe deducing, I'll try this and then see how that goes. And And I want to
1: acknowledge that a parent or a teacher to be able to ask those questions has to also have trust and feel secure. Right. That like, I'm not worried about right. my child's ultimate safety, how we're going to eat that, you know, because if right. I was, I probably wouldn't have the time to like, well, let's spend an extra 10 minutes figuring this out. Mm-hmm. You know, right. be like, no, I got to, you know, right. get to this next right So that's sort of like job. that Maslow, like basic yeah, basic yeah. safety, so,
0: basic needs being met is, is, yeah. is, is essential. To and you see it at
1: centers right. where the teachers aren't don't feel respected or trusted they don't trust them much mm-hmm. they they're, they're much more yeah. like this is what we're supposed to do yeah. you know my director keeps telling me we have to do this so you kids have to go do this yeah um and when it, the teachers are trusted with you know what's going to work what makes sense for your classroom with your teaching style and the kids you have and the more trust there is in that the more likely
0: interest and i could i could or say trusting that can yourself all t- as a teacher yeah and you can tie that all back to the body because it feels very uncomfortable as an adult yeah. to not be trusted, right? That worry that you have about getting in trouble and that, you know, that kind of tightness that you have if right. you think someone's watching you and doesn't trust you, that yeah. will also affect right. how you... So. Yeah.
2: It's not just a running conversation in your brain.
1: It's a visceral, physical right. response mm-hmm. of right. like, oh, I'm gonna I'm... Right. Right. like, I'm going to throw up. Right, right. It's like you doing... said, feelings. Yeah. They're called feelings because you feel them in your body, right? <laughs> Is Sometimes. I'm just going to quote Joey from now on.
0: Well... <laughs> It's sort of a thought of exercise, but I appreciate you guys uh, going down the going down the path with me. Um, just sort of, it's all it all ties together and all ties back to experience in the body. So thanks so much for talking about trust and uh, talk to you guys next time. Yeah, thanks. thanks, thanks,
1: Joey. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.